Being from Southern California, finding good Mexican food is one of the most important things in my life. <laughs> However, trying to find good Mexican food in Hawaii, I have found is pretty hard until we found margaritas on the island of Oahu. Early this year, my wife, Allie, and I, we were on Oahu for the Hawaii Visitors Bureau Convention, and we wanted to you know, try some new spots. And I've been following these guys on Instagram for quite some time. And I got to talking with the owners, Douglas and Lawrence, and we set something up when we're there. And it was just great getting to know one another and hearing their story. They, they grew up on the island of Kauai and they grew up with this passion for Mexican food and Mexican cuisine. And throughout their life, they've been modeled by their parents, this entrepreneurial uh, mindset. It's been cool to see what they've been able to do with this amazing restaurant. So in our conversation today, we I just want to warn you, we talk about everything from Mexican food to margaritas to Mauna Kea to affordable housing and construction. This is an eclectic conversation, but it was so much fun having the opportunity to hang out with these guys. So I really hope that you enjoy listening in on our conversation today. So shake up a drink and let's cue the intro. Aloha. Welcome to Hawaii's Best Travel Podcast, where we help you prepare for your next trip to Hawaii. Discover the experiences, businesses, and stories that make Hawaii the Aloha State. And now your host, Brian Murphy. Before we dive in today's conversation, I just want to quickly talk about Midterra CBD. The benefits of CBD are many, and recently I've personally found it has helped me with occasional anxiety and helping to fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. You know, honestly, you know, at first I was even a bit reluctant to try CBD, and for some reason it just seemed kind of taboo. But after getting over myself and doing a little bit more research, I have found that with regular use, it has really helped me. And the team at Matera CBD believes that CBD should be available to all those in need at an affordable price. And this is a brand that I use and I trust. And yeah, I know there's so many CBD products on the market today. It's so important to do your research. I trust these guys. I've been using their products for almost a year. And their product line ranges from immunity boosters to gummies to roll-on applications and even CBD products for your pet. So go to livehawaiisbest.com slash CBD. And for our Hawaii's Best listeners, you can get 15% off of your first purchase by using the code Hawaii. So go to livehawaiisbest.com slash CBD, promo code Hawaii, for 15% off your first purchase. Well, welcome to episode 30 of Hawaii's Best. And at Hawaii's Best, we help prepare you for your next trip to Hawaii. I'm your host, Brian Murphy, the owner of Hawaii's Best. And on our blog and podcast, we offer travel guides, tips, cultural insights to get the most out of your stay on the islands. And I know many of you are in anticipation of when you can travel back to the islands. And at the time of this recording, this is June 16th, 2020, and it always changes this whole, when is Hawaii going to reopen again? Well, today, inner island travel is now open. Inner island travel without having to quarantine for 14 days. So inner island, that means like traveling island, island, like if you're going to Maui to Oahu, that is lifted. The 14-day quarantine is lifted. And that's great news. If you follow the news at all, if you're looking at the news in Hawaii at all, there's a lot of talk about what does travel from the mainland and what is international travel to Hawaii, what is that going to look like in the future? The quick answer is, I'm not sure. It changes like day to day. 
there's all these theories and there are all these thoughts about what travel to Hawaii will look like in the future. In my opinion, I think we're going to see something in the next couple of weeks and you're going to want to stay up to date on this podcast and on our blog because we're going to be updating um, the news as soon as we hear and as soon as we know what travel back to Hawaii is going to look like. It's going to look different. I think we can all agree on that. I think we all can agree that we want it to be safe. We want it to be beneficial and we want to travel responsibly. So stay up to date on future episodes. Hit subscribe because we'll be continually giving updates as to when travel will begin to open up. So this interview was recorded a few months ago and I held off on releasing it because as soon as we finished recording this interview, COVID and everything went, you know, on lockdown and pause. So it didn't make sense releasing this content then. And now locally, things are starting to open up again. Um, I reached out to the guys at Margarita's and they were like, yeah, posted. The restaurant is is busy. It's hopping. So that just made me feel really good because I know during this time, it's been so important that we take care of our local communities first. And it's and it's great to see restaurants like Margarita starting to pick back up again, get new life breathed into them. As you listen in our conversation today, put it on that bucket list. Next time you go to Oahu, you're going to want to make sure you check out Margarita's because if you love Mexican food, this is a place you do not want to miss. So let's head on over and we're going to talk story with Douglas and Lawrence from Margarita's Hawaii. Lawrence and Doug, thanks so much for hanging out with me today. How are you guys doing? Great. Feeling good. Awesome, Brian. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. A little while ago, Ali and I, we were visiting you guys on location. And I just want to say thanks again for your hospitality. And it was amazing talking a little bit and, and tasting some of your amazing food and your drinks. But want to even go even more in depth from our time there and share with everyone who's listening right now. So how did Margarita's start? Like, where did this all begin, the vision behind it? Yeah, well, we've always really loved Mexican food. Like, as kids, we've we've grown up with it. Besides Asian food, <laughs> uh, it was a lot, of, a lot of Mexican food. So we loved it. Yeah, we're making our own guacamole from where, when we were little. Super simple guacamole from the avocado and everything. And then um, also just making our own fajita plas where you wrap up your own tortillas and everything. So we will always go out and eat Mexican food as well as a family, like almost at least once a week. So there's, there's always that, been that passion for Mexican food. But I mean, I guess like more of how like, I mean, the whole thing started was just we wanted to start a business and we had a friend that was at a Mexican um, restaurant who's a chef there. And we ended up wanting to go into a partnership with them for the business. But I mean, because of some other reasons, uh, we became the sole, sole owner of the restaurant. And uh, But we still all uh, work together there for, for Margaritas. Now you guys grew up on island? Yeah, we actually grew up on uh, Kauai for the first uh, four years, maybe two, four years. Yeah. And then moved over here. There's just better education here, so... Yeah, yeah, so pretty much, pretty much just growing up on Oahu, but like, yeah, when we were real little, uh, Kauai was where we were born. Did you guys grow up with this business-minded entrepreneurial upbringing from your parents, or what was that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, our dad has always had his own construction business, and our mom was helping him out with the business side of things. So, you know, since we were growing up, everything was always family-based and family-run. Um, yeah, we had uh, some some. Uh, 
some properties on other islands and everything that we kind of uh, try to develop and then try to maybe uh, try to improve properties and everything. Because my dad's got a construction background, so he that was always his uh, thing. Yeah, and we actually went to school for construction. So my, my brother studied engineering and then I studied okay. architecture. And we went off to our separate jobs. You know, I did I did architecture at a firm in LA and my brother's working here at a big company here. And we ended up just not really vibing with the culture, the office culture. For me, it was the office culture. It's the core, it's the yeah, it's like lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the yeah. whole grind. Yeah, the yeah. grind. I mean, I don't know who vibes with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different grind. It's a different grind, but it's way more satisfying because everything that you do is for yourself. And I'm sure you know that because of you know your own podcast, and I mean, you have an interesting background as well, didn't you? <laughs> right, yeah, we get to talk a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally random. Yeah. Right, you guys been open for a little bit, yeah? Two years now. Two, Two years. years. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty rough in the start. Yeah, a lot of lot of different changes from the beginning. I mean, from the beginning when we bought the when we bought the property and everything, your our outside patio wasn't built out at all. There's just a little rustic fence between our our inside of our restaurant to the street. The aesthetics and the the branding has kind of evolved over time. Oh yeah. Has the menu pretty much been the same? Yeah. Well, at, at the start, you know, our initial idea was just tacos and margaritas, keep it really simple. Right. Okay. So when we when we got one of the chefs on board who went to culinary school, he's an expert at uh, Mexican food. He actually just wanted to serve his own dishes, but he didn't want to serve out burritos, quesadillas, you know, the very simple, basic type of thing. At the time, it was it was kind of a struggle because people would come in and they'd say, there's no burrito here. What kind of Mexican place is this? You know, like, <laughs> what are you guys doing here? But a lot of our really intricate sauces have come from his recipes, and you know there was a there was a lot of gain to be had with that as well. Our salsas, like everyone that says, it's really really good. It's all homemade from scratch. Our queso dip is all that's like it's all very fresh and very got very good compliments from all of our uh, customers and everything. And this is all was developed like over time as well from the beginning of the restaurant. And but the concept has has been pretty much the same from the beginning it's always been to have that healthy mexican cuisine uh, versus like the very oily food that you would find maybe somewhere else try to cater to gluten-free uh people to try to cater to uh vegetarians or vegans a lot of people are health conscious about what they put in their bodies nowadays so yeah, especially in hawaii yeah and especially in hawaii and i'm sure california la everyone's like right. everyone's realizing okay or like maybe if you're not even gluten free, you think you're gluten free, but whatever. <laughs> you know, we got it. For you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it an allergy or is it just a preference? <laughs> either way, yeah. Let's yeah. define that. Either way, you know, we, we got you. <laughs> yeah. And what's great about Mexican food? There's so many options. Oh, exactly. To be able to cater towards you know gluten free. Right. The vegetables are mm. so like uh, when they're fresh, like they yeah. look so nice and colorful and vibrant and. It's very easy to put these little things together, make a Mexican dish that's vegetarian and also tastes good. Like instead of maybe a Boca burger or something, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So over time, the menu has kind of evolved. You've, you've listened or have heard some feedback from those early customers. And, you know, the one thing that caught my eye was I could still get an amazing taco, but your menu was also 
kind of eclectic too, in that you offer some pokey dishes as well. Maybe speak into that and how that you've married some of that, um, what's kind of known for cuisine in Hawaii. And for some reason, the whole, you know, mainland is like, oh, poke has been like this huge thing, you know, the last like couple of years where Hawaii has just always been, you know. So maybe talk a little bit how you infuse some of that within what your dishes. When we're in the kitchen or when we're just hanging out at the restaurant, we just, we're trying out our dishes and we're just like, hey, what tastes good? What do we like to eat here? What do we, we're not trying to form the traditional Mexican cuisine because I mean, if you just stick to that, then nothing new or interesting is going to be made. Yeah, we, we eat the food at Margarita's every day. Yeah, <laughs> he hasn't got sick. Of it. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> uh, breakfast, I, lunch, and dinner. That's a really good thing too, as well. Like, I mean, we can literally experience like every part of the menu um, and see what as a customer, what do you feel from it, and what do you want to change, and what would you want added as well. I mean, yeah, okay, was just we love okay. <laughs> we love yeah, okay. Like, oh, these chips, huh? <laughs> okay, okay would be really nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We made poke nachos. We make poke. Tostadas. Yeah, like there's no there's no Mexican place that's going to have a poke nachos. I mean, it's got such good reception here in Hawaii. And even though we're a Mexican restaurant, people will order this. And actually, now that I think about it, it's mostly locals that order. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like, sure. Okay, so then what are some of you guys' favorite dishes right now on the menu? Oh, boy. Oh, so every single time the, the fish comes in, I like, I want to know because then that poke is going to be so good <laughs> like that day or yeah. like, even the next couple of days after that. So we eat the poke there. I mean, I love all the seafood dishes that we have. The ceviche. I love the ceviche over there. Everything's very fresh. That's why. Yeah. It's for a small restaurant. <laughs> yeah. So everything cycles out fast. Exactly. Yeah. Other dishes like uh, our fajita platters or short enchiladas are, are really big plates. Like if you're hungry, like I just, I could mop that and just feel so good after that. <laughs> yeah. But short rib enchiladas, for me pork belly tacos, and beef tongue tacos yeah. probably the best. Uh, my favorite tacos out of everything, or and special like unique kind of to the restaurant a bit. I'll just be eating poke bowls. I mean, I want to put that on the menu too, but I don't know. How, <laughs> okay, you know, I, it's like I want to put all this all this different stuff on the menu, but you know, you get some yeah. feedback sometimes. Like, what is this? We don't really know what to call this. We are considered a Mexican restaurant, so I guess we got to stick within those that category. But just sometimes, like we get like people that think like, okay, authentic Mexican food is like this. It's supposed to be this, whatever you think it is supposed to be. I don't know if it's Tex-Mex. It's like a lot of people their perception of authentic Mexican food is it could be correct or it could be wrong. Like it does. Uh, people, yeah. everyone's got their own um, different to take on it. Whoa. And the thing is, like Hawaii, it's very slow to like kind of accept um, some changes like it's it's always kind of a little bit behind everywhere else where they're changing la and california and everything like that so and then locals they like a lot of uh, the perception is that they don't like change so that when like new uh concepts come in it's a little bit harder to take uh but i think eventually like everyone would just appreciate what what it is and the good food that it is and even if it's a little different from what they're used to I can imagine it's hard. I mean, you guys are both creative and then to try to put that creativity in a box, especially with food. And I mean, that's art in itself. I'm, I know that's probably yeah. pretty difficult. But having tried many different Mexican places on an island, I haven't, honestly, this is like unbiased opinion. <laughs> like, I haven't had anything close to what you guys serve up. And, you know, being from Southern California, we're spoiled by amazing mexican dishes oh for um, sure oh yeah you know through tex-mex through you know the whole gamut i think one of the things that caught at least my 
taste buds were, were your guys's drinks. And tell me like this, the history about how your drinks came to be, because not only are they, they're really great, but they're, they're sourced locally. And they're also just how you infuse some of the flavors. Like where did that all came out and who was behind that? From the beginning, actually. So our mom is the one that started the restaurant, started owning the restaurant and everything. Like from the beginning, she was actually very, very good at selecting the type of tequila that we had in the in the, in the restaurant. And she was she had a taste testing with tequila. She was able to understand what the differences between Blanco, Reposado, and Ejo. Just learned all of this, like what different tiers of tequila were. So from there. We decided from there, we're going to make high quality drinks with uh, this high quality, 100% blue agave tequila and use high quality sour mix, high quality uh, orange liqueurs, not the cheap liqueurs that you would kind of probably find in white tequila, where they're just mostly just kind of trying to mass produce for tourists. And then over here, like it's just the quality of the ingredients is, I could say, like with what we attribute to the drinks the most. And also, like what she says a lot is you, you need to drink with your eyes first. So the way that it looks mm. when it comes out is how you're going to, it's going to also increase your appetite for that drink or food item. So a lot of what we do is try to prepare the, the glass and see what, what looks better and what glasses, what rims are good, okay. what uh, garnishments are good as well um, with it. But I mean, overall, it's just, it's just testing it over and over and just, Liking alcohol, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. End of the workday, you got to do something. You know, yeah. No experimentation. But thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thanks for giving us this outlet. <laughs> so, is it pretty much still a very family oriented and how you guys run things? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, at first it was just her like trying to do everything yeah. when we were doing our own professional degrees and everything. And she, uh, uh, when we came in, we were able to help her take off a lot of the loads of what she would have to do originally, like just everyday tasks and everything. Now, like, but but her ideas for the restaurant were phenomenal and I think uh, amazing. And so we can let her focus on that a little bit, and then we'll just uh, we can run the operation just well. And it's uh, it's easier for us to do as uh, young guys as well, you know. <laughs> right, and I'm sure with you know. Your dad's support as well. Oh, for sure. Kind of getting it going. And I mean, when I was pulling up on your guys' property, you have a bunch of gray buildings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it looks pretty, you know, just typical and a couple parking areas. And then like, it's like, boom, there's a splash of green on a corner with this uh, patio that you refer to. I know, Lawrence, I know to put you on the spot, but you, you have some architecture b- background and you're able to infuse not just the exterior, but also the interior and your design. You're wearing your shirt right now. I mean, I think that's pretty cool. Hawaii Mexican infused. This was made specifically for the, uh, for the restaurant. I don't know if viewers can see, but yeah, there it is. Yeah, I can definitely link that so they can see that. You know, back to the whole family thing. Yeah, we do try to keep this a really small family environment. Yeah. So there's really just five of us that work at the restaurant. We just try to keep it small. Even the customers that come in, we try to treat them like family too. You know, strike up a conversation, see where they're from, if they're from out of town, if they're from here. And everyone enjoys artwork. You know, I mean, people come in and they see the art and they like it. They, it's kind of a unique type of style of Hawaii contemporary art. And it's just a really good opportunity for me to showcase it as well. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I like to just keep my creativity running and, think about new things that, you know, to connect my Hawaii culture and 
I think a lot of locals connect with that as well and tourists want to bring home. But yeah, family is key and feeling comfortable in such a small restaurant is is what makes us unique too. And, you know, making people feel like they're family. So we have a lot of regulars and it's a good time. It's every, everyone feels good. Yeah. Lawrence, if someone is coming to Margaritas for their first time, what are maybe some dishes and Doug too, what are some dishes that you would recommend? Obviously your your menu is is really wide, but maybe if you just had to like, hey, first time here, you got to make sure you you try this. Right. Okay. Well, we are called Margaritas. So <laughs> first thing, if you are of age, uh, Margarita. Yeah. Margarita for clarifying. For sure. Yeah. And a, and a side of a, a tequila shot as well. Yeah. Yeah. Side of that. That's usually how I like to start my margarita meals off shift. And uh, yeah, I, I like to start that off and then I'll, I'll go for a Mexican chopped salad. It's really fresh. It's really nice. Light. So you can start that off as an appetizer. Uh, dive into some tacos. So they're really small. So you, you know, just order a few and you keep ordering it. And then I'd order a nachos plate. You have to try the nachos at our yeah. restaurant. It's the most ordered dish uh, at our restaurant. And I personally think it's the best nacho platter you'll find on the island. And people have told us that as well. Yeah. Um, just fresh ingredients. You know, it's not nothing special, just simple, fresh ingredients. And it's just really big platter. So you'll be fulfilled. Our, our queso is very good too. So that's what also enhances the nachos a lot. Oh, okay. The queso, the queso cheese spread that's on top of the nachos. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, all those items are really good. And on top of that, I would say pork belly tacos, definitely out of all the tacos, like gotta get a pork belly. They're all very good, but the pork belly is special for the restaurant in my opinion. Chicken wings are also done really well. They're chili lime wings. And we also have two, a couple of different sauces that go really well with them as well. Yeah, and again, the nachos definitely have to grab a nacho. It's like if it's just we've had solo people just grab nachos by themselves. Um, it's a really big platter. That's why. Yeah, but I call it a boat. It's like a boat. <laughs> it's a boat platter. It's like a little thing you can set off into the ocean. Yeah. So if you have <laughs> if you have at least two people, grab a nachos. <laughs> yeah. Then um, margaritas wise, dragon fruit and guava, they're all all over online. You can see the beautiful yeah. colors of these uh, different flavored margaritas. Uh, very, very popular for taking pictures after you get the drink and everything, uh, but also tastes awesome. Yeah. And we also have a bartender special now. So that's basically whatever type of concoction we're, we've been messing around with. We'll put that on the menu and, you know, someone will ask, hey, what's the bartender special today? And whatever we've been working with, we'll test it out and we'll put it out there. And, you know, usually, usually people like it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you show up on a Friday evening. Oh, Yes notorious karaoke night. <laughs> I mean, we've had like, because of the karaoke system, we've had many different like reservations for parties and stuff like that. It's like not just uh, locals or tourists or anything, but people that are local to the island that are like uh, immigrants, like Bulgarians or uh, Brazilian. Brazilian, Brazilian party. Yeah, South American yeah. Uh, cultures and everything. They, they love the vibe of the restaurant so much. They say it's similar to home that they wanted to have like parties there where they can sing their own music. They can dance to their own uh, types of uh, languages, uh, their own uh, language of music and everything, and so much fun. We're all dancing around in the dances. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Warren, <laughs> Warren and Alex, the other bartender, they just joined in, in the circle and started dancing together. And everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, with you guys in Hawaii all your lives, you know Hawaii's best is all about someone who's coming to the island, say, you know, for the first time, or or who comes year after year, but. The question I like to ask everyone we have on is, if you're coming to the islands for the first time, what is something that you would want somebody to just to know about Hawaii 
what to do, what not to do, just from your guys' perspective, what would you say to that? I would say don't stay in Waikiki. If you want more of an authentic Hawaii experience, I would stay in an Airbnb somewhere in the North Shore or something like that. Yeah. Get a car so you can travel the island. You don't want to be in a trolley. I mean, unless you do, I, I'm speaking for myself. I, I don't know. Like, uh, you just you just want the freedom of being able to explore the island, go to different places. Right. So get a, rent a car for a week or however long, and then hikes and beaches. You know, they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, definitely, I, I totally agree. Yeah, stay stay out of Waikiki. There's a lot of different things coming out of Waikiki. The other uh, resort that's heavily stayed in as well is the Disney Resort <laughs> out in Aulani, yeah. out over there. That people can go inside. It's beautiful. Yeah, tell like don't get me wrong, but you can get trapped in there because it's so beautiful and not experience the whole uh, island of what else is out there are so many good spots out there um yeah like pillbox is my best my favorite sunrise hike it's beautiful views um you have crouching lion that's another hike that was just views of uh, the whole sea and you can see that through sunset so you have two different sides of the island that you see sunrise or sunset and very easy <laughs> to access these because we're so small restaurants wise i mean yelp, yelp is good like you, you can find like good restaurants on yelp yeah. for sure there's Definitely hole in the walls. There's so many good places to eat here. Try to venture forth and figure out what's going on. It's not that it's not that hard. We're small. Yeah. Like you can um you can do a lot of things within the maybe the week that you're here or so. If you ever wanted to skydive, Hawaii is the place. And if you want Mexican food, come to Margarita. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> skydive yeah. with Mexican food. At the and, uh... <laughs> <laughs> to sum it up, get out and explore the island more yeah. so than just staying stagnant, whether it be on the West side, like out in Alani or I mean, even on North shore, like you, you want to get out and you want to explore the island mm -hmm. and, and exactly. get out there. Yeah. Like whatever you do, it'll be, it'll be great. Like you just have to have that mindset to want to go venture forth out of exactly. like your chill zone and everything, like something you're comfortable with. Yeah. And even hitting up Waikiki for the day is cool because yeah, you, know, cool. you get exactly. that iconic shot of like diamond head, you know, from the, from the beach like for someone to experience that you got to experience it at least once and obviously That's if you're true. in That's Waikiki true. you know this is just a short little drive over to Margarita so oh totally Waikiki is, uh, Waikiki is beautiful honestly it's like don't get us wrong it's we we just we just kind of stray away from that area because we've gone I there totally so hear you don't want to just stay put in, in just that <laughs> yeah. one yeah right yeah. exactly I mean it is beautiful though it's just easy to kind it's of very first <laughs> yeah and there's so much. It's, it's easy to get kind of, quote, you know, trapped in it because you right. just, that could just be your only experience. And Hawaii has so much more. Yeah. Walking down the strip is awesome. I, I totally agree with that. Like, there's a lot of shopping. There's a lot of different, uh, like, like, don't get me wrong. The food and the, the drinks are good there. It's a little bit more expensive than other places. But the venues are awesome to hang out with. Like, Sky Waikiki has a great uh, rooftop bar and everything to hang out on. So kind of going back to margaritas and what you guys are doing. And I'm curious to learn more about just some of your background, your whole family's background with real estate and with just being in the community. What are some things that you guys are looking forward to or currently doing? Right. So our background is from a construction environment. So we, we grew up on the construction site with our dad being a contractor. And so... Uh, naturally, my brother became an engineer and I became an architect and went off to separate jobs. Now we came back and trying to see what we can do for with our dad. And, you know, we started our own little business with that as well. And so right now, Hawaii is in a sort of a crisis for affordable housing. And so 
like in Waikiki, like what we were talking about, there's a lot of development going on on the south shore of the island. And a lot of people are being pushed out of it. And so what this does is it makes Hawaii a lot less of an affordable place to live. And so Hawaii is scrambling now to figure out a solution to this. And what they've come up with is an ordinance of a bill to make it a lot easier for construction, for developers, uh, constructors, and owners to develop a property for specifically for affordable housing. Right. So this means now you can build an apartment that is six stories high rather than four stories before. Now you can build an apartment without parking or an elevator. So it just eases up the restrictions on it. And also the permitting process is a lot easier now. So before it would take months on end to get your plans permitted. But if it doesn't get approved within a month, it's automatically going to be streamlined to accepting. Right? The banks are also working with you on loans. It's a lot easier to get a loan now only for this affordable housing. So developers and homeowners or, or pro- landowners that don't know what to do with their land, this is a, a pretty good opportunity now for, for you to develop it for affordable housing. We're a design-build firm that um, specializes in construction or in that department. I think that's amazing. You guys have some current projects in the works right now? Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. We, we're, we're in the schematic phases, so we're figuring out what the best... And the cheapest way is to build the, these homes, um, but also not just to make it look like some cinder block gray building that, you know, that's just uh, irresponsible to Hawaii, you know, so affordable and also aesthetically pleasing, some, something that you'll be happy going home to, you know? Yeah. It, it sounds like more so than your guys' company. I mean, it sounds like everyone is from the banks to the state, to the city are involved in this effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they make it a collective effort for everyone because everyone wins in the end. If you are a landowner, you don't have property tax for a certain amount of years. I think it's 10 years now. And that's incredible. You know, you don't have to pay property tax if you if you have an affordable housing apartment. The state loses out a bit because of that. But they, they become such a problem that they have to realize the situation that's happening right now to locals. Like if you used to live in town, are getting pushed outside to the outskirts of the island, whereas foreign investors will come in and just buy up everything within the town area because yeah. it's a lot of develop most of the developments in town. So they buy all this up, but even though they don't truly live here and try to rent it out to to people for a high in, for for a high rental um, value. So because of that, the Hawaii problem now trying to just implement all these like bills and like ease up on the construction uh, regulations so that they can, uh, so we can have uh, locals that live in town for yeah. a full price, essentially. Yeah. So is it mainly kind of, you say, pushing out more on like the West side? West side. West side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> west side. Yeah. And this is because there's still quite a bit of land out there. So this, these are new builds and, but you're working with the landowner, like you mentioned, Lawrence, people who have had this land for a while and then like not really quite sure what to do with it, but having going back to the community is something that is obviously attractive to them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's a, it's socially responsible, right? It's, I mean, it'll, it's not going to break your bank. It's going to, it's going to be affordable for you. And, And in the end you save a lot of money too. So everybody wins, you know, the banks know that it's going to make money. So they are not afraid to 
loan you in the beginning because these affordable apartments, they're going to be filled up. You're going to be making rents and then you will be able to pay off your loan. So you don't, you don't have to pay off your loan under construction until when it's built. That's the point when you can start paying off your, your loan. So it's, it, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. Right. Do you envision the landscape of Waikiki changing at all because of all this? I'm not sure about exactly right there in Waikiki, but like right outside of it, like is yeah. where the development is happening right now. The question is, when is there going to be a point where development stops? Exactly. When is when is there when is there the stopping point where it's like I don't think how oh we've had enough we have enough let's keep Hawaii Hawaii let's keep it green no more concrete or steel and but well, I don't know I don't think so <laughs> now do you guys see this being a need on other islands well it's definitely it's just that uh, most of the development right now are interested people but uh, would probably be on Oahu other islands they have this whole it's more of a closed off to the rest of the world. They don't want outsiders there. They don't want change to happen. They don't want development to happen. So if, even if they did own a land there, I don't know how inclined they would be to accepting whatever building you want to build there um, on it. I, 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 just, I just don't know. Yeah, that's my um, feeling about it too. So here it's, uh, people are a little bit more in, uh, interested in development, I would say on Oahu, especially in Honolulu in the city. It's all around you already. But over on the other island, Maui, Big Island, uh, very, yeah. very big open spaces, like, yeah. especially like Big Island. I just don't know like what the whole take would be on on that. Because the bill was passed for the whole island of Hawaii, right? It's not I just think, yeah, for, for the entire Honolulu. state of Hawaii. So. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure they're they're looking into that as well on the other islands. I prefer that over than hotels being built on the other islands because once Oahu becomes saturated enough, then the other islands will be looked at for development. But there's a lot of pushback with locals, you know, keeping the country yeah. country, um, just not making their island what what Honolulu is now. Yeah, some people just can't stand it. You know. Yeah, what do you, what about you guys? I mean, where do you feel if there's like a trivial line or whatever? And especially growing up on Kauai, very much more country than. Um, where you guys um, currently are. Yeah. But yeah. Where's that line? Where's that balance? I personally feel that it's no matter what, it's going to be inevitable with the Titanic industry that people are going to want to make things better, whether they, whether that's good or bad, like the, they're going to yeah. do it if they have the resources to do it. I mean, there are some certain, okay. So I guess when you say line, uh, I would say, like once you get into sacred Hawaiian land or sacred sure. Hawaiian like burial grounds or heiaus, anywhere that has a heiau, which is a sacred, honestly, I, I'm pretty sure this is what a heiau is, but <laughs> it's a prayer ground pretty much for uh, Hawaiians, uh, ancient Hawaiians that they used to use this. So it's very, very sacred of a area. And if you're encroaching on any of that, then I would say that's the line. You can't go on that. That's the whole thing right now with... Um, okay. Mauna Kea, right, with the, right. the new telescoping uh, built over there. That, I think that crosses the line. Yeah, so there's all kinds of protests happening there. And I, I, mm-hmm. I agree. I don't think that they should be doing that. But then you have the other side. It's like, okay, well, this isn't just a, a hotel that we're building there. You know, it's a, it's a, whole, it's a telescope that's going to science. <laughs> so that's, that's the other argument that, like, yeah. you can argue both ways about it. But, I mean... If it's a, it was a five star resort, I mean, there'd be one way to say about it. Yeah, but the fact right. is, it's a, it's a tell so then you gotta take everything with a grain of salt and, and just yeah, it's it's hard, it's con- yeah. it's controversial, it's a debate. But yeah, that that's kind of where I am. But I but 
overall, I feel I'm not like I'm not super crazy about whether whether development is going to happen or not, because I think eventually it will um, eventually happen. Right. Yeah. Overall, I, I wish development would stop for the most part. I think renovation is OK, but adding new things, higher buildings. I mean, that's just it's not it's not what Hawaii is. I mean, there was a lot of pushback on the rail that we're now developing, too. It's this uh, rail that stretches from the west side. To be, uh, it's going to be built down. <laughs> but, uh, to but at first, it was like, it was a lot of pushback. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think development should stop at one point in Hawaii. I think it's not going to be Hawaii if it keeps going. Right. Well, guys, hey, I just want to say this was a great conversation. We went from margaritas to development yeah. to Mauna Kea to the whole gamut, <laughs> and, and I think that's just. The main thing we want to get across with Hawaii's Best is talking about great experiences like margaritas, but also sharing culture and sharing some of the news and, and what's important, especially to on island and what's important to the culture and the people. I appreciate you guys for being kind of vulnerable on that. So if someone wants to check out margaritas, what's the best way to find you guys? We've got an Instagram. We're on Yelp, Google, just type in margaritas. We're the only one. It's like uh, very easy to find. It's right by all Moana if you're shopping around there. Yeah, very intense. So like we're also on Facebook. We're also on TripAdvisor. We're thinking about even going into Leolea magazine, which is a Japanese uh, magazine, and also for the trolleys for tour groups that come in from Japan. Okay. Other than that, yeah, Instagram is we're pretty active on Instagram now, especially after meeting you. He was all inspired I after s- meeting I you. See, I assume you guys your story game is, is going up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Sometimes I forget his margaritas page. Like, oh, it's not my personal account. I should stop posting these. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Margaritas Hawaii, that's our Instagram handle. Uh, okay. And check us out. And we also have a webpage, margaritashawaii.com. Yeah, Instagram is pretty good. Like people just DM us for any requests. Uh, okay. Lawrence is making t-shirts now, as you can see. So a lot of people ask if we're selling t-shirts and what sizes we have, and they just DM us in there. We usually respond. Or if they want to post something that we have posted on our Instagram and they want to repost it to theirs, then they DM us that. So that's that's honestly like probably the best way to contact us about anything is I think through Instagram. Yeah, we got to get you your shirt next time, Brian. All right, all right. <laughs> well, guys, thanks again so much for your time and uh, look forward to good things coming out of Margaritas, what you guys are doing and the whole family. So appreciate you guys. Thanks so much, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Douglas and Lawrence, again for your time. I had so much fun. Uh, having this conversation. This interview was such a great example of why I love doing these interviews. You never know where the conversation is going to go. Like we talked about Mexican dishes. We talked about Mauna Kea. We talked about Waikiki. We talked about affordable housing. And I'm glad the conversation went all over the place because at Hawaii's Best, it's more than just about sharing about great experiences, great restaurants, great places to stay. Like you can find that anywhere. I really wanted us to be able to dive deep into the culture and the people who call Hawaii home. And I think this conversation really kind of encapsulated that beautifully. And I just, because of Douglas and Lawrence, my biggest takeaway in the conversation was their love for people and to serve. I think if you're going to run a successful restaurant, that has to be at the heart of what you serve is adding value to people, putting people before you. And it's obvious that Douglas and Lawrence do that and their family. 
That also shows in their initiatives helping solve the affordable housing crisis on Oahu, that heart to serve, that heart to put people first. You see that come across in everything that they do. So next time you're on Oahu, and hopefully that is sooner rather than later, you're going to want to make sure to check out Margaritas. When you go there, tell them Brian sent you and continue to stay positive, stay safe. We're going to get to travel again soon. Just hang in there. And until next time, be well. Aloha. Thanks for listening to Hawaii's Best Travel Podcast. To stay up to date on future episodes, be sure to subscribe. For more information to help you plan your next trip to Hawaii, visit livehawaiisbest.com.